the Nashville 2 Podcast with your host, Edward Fox. G'day viewers and listeners, it's Ed Fox with another great episode of Nashville 2, where we tell your story. You're Nashville 2. If you or someone else you know should be on my show. Oh, that rhymes. That's pretty good, isn't it, Dennis? If you or someone else you know should be on my show, have them reach out. They can go to Nashville2.com and register them. Or if you want to throw them under the bus, you can register them yourself. Now, don't go making uh, making a mess of it because that could get very problematic. Anyway, my guest today on Nashville 2 is Dennis Schroeder. Is it Schroeder? I always... Schroeder, yes. That's, Schroeder, okay. That's how it's pronounced, yes. It, good. All right. Ninth grade dropout, sometimes pronunciation. Give me an Indian <laughs> name or a Pakistani name. I can pronounce it. <laughs> anyway, so Dennis, you are you founded the – I had it right in the top of my head, and it's gone. It's flown out, people. Tell the me Price of Freedom. The Price, uh, I, the Price of Freedom Foundation is what I founded four years ago. Okay. And so Dennis is a, a resident of White House, Tennessee. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does. Hey, welcome to the show, Dennis. Oh, thank you, Ed. It's great to be here with you. Um, yeah, I, I'm a actually a retired Army officer. I spent 24 years in the Army. I was a Medical Service Corps officer. A uh, job with a uh, College of Nursing is what brought me here to Middle Tennessee. Uh, and I've lived in White House uh, a little over seven years now. And it was about five years ago that I had this... Uh, this idea that I had been actually ruminating about for quite some time that I decided to move forward with. And that is that I believed that those who paid the ultimate uh, price, the made the ultimate sacrifice for us, those who died while in military service to our nation should get, um, get no, get more than what they currently get. So this being may, the end of the month we have memorial day coming up we're going to see lots of memorials to our fallen and i think those are all good uh but what struck me was the fact that every once in a while i would see something that's that went more in depth talked a little bit about who this person was not just their military service not just the event that uh wound up costing them their life but who they were as a kid you know, what kind of what they loved to do, what how they influenced people, what they understand the life, because you can say the ultimate sacrifice all you want. But until you understand what they did and what their life encompassed when they gave it up, that to me is that to me is crucial. So I love what you guys are doing. Let's uh, park that for a minute. and We're going to get back to that. Before we dig into the meat of the show, which is going to be all about the foundation and what you're doing with that, tell me, you came to Middle Tennessee for nursing. Well, it was for College of Nursing. I did outreach to uh, VA nurses, oh, uh, military nurses, etc. cetera, uh, traveled uh, as up, to eight, up to nine states. I was on the road most of the time, um, and so this was my base, but I was like, rarely here right married kids <laughs> married married third marriage uh i think third time's a charm uh here in this case i'm not proud of the fact that i that i had two failed marriages but uh between the three of them i have five adult children and 14 grandchildren most of whom live far far away 
Right. So I'm looking forward to going to visit uh, Washington State, where my middle uh, daughter is getting married in July, and so awesome. that'll be a great, great time. Okay, so I don't know anything about White House. I used to live in Bowling Green for a year, and I drive through White House. It was one of the places we were looking to buy. Uh, what can you tell me a little bit about White House? White House is actually it still is a nice uh, small town. It's probably going to be doubling in size just because of what you just mentioned. People have noticed it, and it's exploding in terms of uh, new homes and apartments, uh, et cetera, uh, here. But what I will say is that we knew nothing about it. We had some very special, specific needs that we had when we were looking for a home. Uh, the only home that actually met those needs was here in White House. My wife, who had been living in uh, Kentucky prior to this, calls it her little Mayberry. Uh, she just absolutely loved the, the the people and the environment here, and a lot of people st uh, still do. Um, I would say that that is likely to transform. You know, anytime you double the population in any cities, things are going to change. Uh, but it's it's still a small community. I uh, think we our last census we were at maybe fifteen thousand people that that lived in the in the the city limit. So um, it's uh, it's it's and it's close enough to commute to uh, downtown Nashville for for folks that that work down there. What is that run? What is that run on a on a rush hour morning? Rush hour morning? <laughs> well, it depends upon when you leave. Okay. Uh, without traffic. It's about uh, 35 minutes from uh, my house to uh, the heart of downtown Nashville. Uh, with uh, rush hour traffic, you're going to probably double that, maybe a little bit more. Uh, my wife, for a time, worked at uh, Belmont University, which is on the south end of, of, uh, of the downtown area there. And it would sometimes take her up to an hour and a half to get there. Right. But uh, most mornings, it was about an hour. Yeah, exactly. So when we lived in Bowling Green, if I could leave Bowling Green at 5.15, I could hit Franklin where I met with my networking group at 6.30. If mm -hmm. I left at 5.30, I wasn't getting to uh, <laughs> till Franklin till 7.30, quarter to eight. So that right. 15 minutes can make a huge difference. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot more flexibility these days about when you need to be especially office work and stuff, they, they understand, you know, I think Nashville is like the 14th worst city for traffic, but, um, <laughs> but it's still one of the best cities I've ever lived in. So I'm excited about being in middle Tennessee. I'm down in Franklin, um, like you said. So I, have you guys released, I think you've just released a book on a we particular have. individual. So let's get back into that, jump back into that, because this is where I want to spend the majority of the time. Okay. And then at the mm -hmm. end, it's going to be a quick transition because I want you to be able to talk about that mostly. But then I'm going to ask you about things that you do around the Nashville area when you're not working. And so I don't know White House. So if you've got some cool stuff up there, just be thinking about that. So tell me a little bit about this book that you've just released. Okay. It is called... Uh, well, in fact, I have a copy of it here oh, right okay. here with me, so you can get it, uh, see it. It is called Silent Soul, the MM1 or Machinist Mate First Class Alfonso Abdel Amos story, and we're publishing it as a series. So at the very top here, you can see that it says The Price of Freedom Chronicles, Cold War Era. Uh, so this is the first 
of the the books that we intend to publish. Uh, and in this book, we take a deep dive. Um, uh, Afonso was born in the Philippines. He served in the Philippine Army for a period of time before he joined the U.S. Navy at the uh, behest of his father. Um, he met his wife uh, while, uh, I mean, he was serving aboard Navy ships um, all over the Pacific. But uh, he was in the Philippines again uh, when he met his wife. Uh, in the U.S. Navy. Uh, they had three children. He served 18 and a half years uh, as a machinist mate in the Navy, mostly on aircraft carriers. Um, and he lost his life in October of 1998 after 18 and a half years of service uh, when he was lost at sea. Nobody saw him, um, saw the event. We They assume that he went overboard. Um, there's still a mystery about that. And that's really what we, is documented in here, as well as, you know, all the things that, that led up to that. And because the amount of time that has gone uh, on you know, since his uh, passing and now, uh, there, we touch on some of the, the effects of, his, uh, of, his, of the loss upon his family. Uh, and this was done at the behest of his now adult children. His children at the time were 5, 10, and 12. The youngest still has no direct recollection of her father, and uh, she and her siblings were trying to help piece their father's story together uh, for the sake of, of their youngest uh, sibling, and they really weren't getting very far because, you know, it's like most other family kind of situations, you know, folks, the older generations like my, my own, it's like, oh, that was so long ago, you know, we've all moved on, we've all had successful lives. Uh, but when they engaged with us and we focused this on being able to honor Alfonso and the life he lived and the sacrifice that he made, all but one person uh, that had previously refused did accept uh, the invitation to help tell that story. And so like we, we do with all of the families that we are serving, we're currently serving three additional families. We're all in the research process of that. Um, they sat down and we did in-depth interviews. Some of them were, because of the distance involved, were done via Zoom like we're doing here today. Uh, but where possible, we did in-person in, in uh, interviews, asked for copies of things that helped to tell the story, um, photos, videos, et cetera. Um, then we got engaged a writer who uh, had written a couple of books previously uh, and he did some background research around that as well and did a fabulous job as far as I'm concerned and uh, in terms of telling that that story. Uh, so we will be uh, producing a, uh, a special edition in hardback uh, or hardcover for the, that family and we'll be presenting everyone who participated in the uh, investigation discovery of that uh, to with a free copy of that book in San Diego uh, on or around Veterans Day this year at the family's uh, request. We're going to uh, most likely ha hold that event on the USS Midway, which is a museum now in San Diego. Uh, the Midway was uh, uh, one of the aircraft carriers that Alfonso was assigned to twice. Uh, so um, we just we think this is going to be a great thing for uh, for that family and for that community 
And really, it's something we want to be able to offer to every uh, family who has lost somebody who, um, you know, who died while they were uh, serving. And that's uh, both uh, active duty, uh, National Guard and Reserve. You know, we've mo most recently had a couple of uh, helicopter accidents in our area where service members lost their lives. Um, the National Guard helicopter and the, the two helicopters from Fort Campbell um, basically all of those families are, are the ones that we want to serve by, by telling their loved one's story. I mean, right now we, we, we talk about this was the event. So that's why we remember them. Well, we want to remember them for a lot more than that. Right. Exactly. Because it, it shows, it shows so much that they gave up by serving their country, which, you know, just, just is very powerful. And I think we don't spend enough time on that. We glance over it. You know, it seems like um, we can't we can't drink till we're 21. We can't. Uh, there's a lot of things we can't do, but we can go we can go serve our country and give up our lives at 18, which to right. me is 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 amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit about your organization and the sort of people you, you just talked about the people you're looking to serve there but how can people help how, how can they oh, sure what can they do for you guys well currently our organization is very small it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, we currently have no paid staff uh, because we don't have the resources to do that so this has been something that has been primarily funded by myself out of my own pocket uh, we absolutely appreciate and value every person that joins us and says, hey, I want to help contribute and help contribute to the costs of just doing business because you and I both know and everybody who runs a business knows that lights and you know, all the, the minutia of day-to-day -day activities uh, doesn't come free. So, you know, the, uh, absolutely people who uh, donate to us uh, financially are valued and we could absolutely always use more however we are also volunteer driven so uh, i am totally appreciative of the handful of volunteers that that have joined with me to make this happen number one uh board of directors uh no nonprofit in the state of tennessee can exist without a board of directors uh to, you can't even form the organization. So uh, having a board of directors is is vital, and we can certainly use uh, additional people uh, to be on our board, uh, people so that we're looking for. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, tell me about the criteria that would make right. a good board member for you. A good board member for, for me would, number one, be somebody uh, who um, – has some experience working in the nonprofit arena so that you're familiar with some of the issues that nonprofits encounter. Somebody who's got a pretty significant uh, list of contacts and that they would not be afraid to uh, reach out to and ask for financial support because financial support is one of the primary things that a board uh, needs to do. Um, I'm looking for somebody also who is a Gold Star family member because uh, we really need to have somebody on the board who represents the population that we are serving. Uh, and for that people, is, that, people that may be listening that don't know what a Gold Star family member right. is? A Gold Star family member is anyone who has lost somebody in their immediate family 
while they were serving on uh, on active duty in the military. So if your son, your father, your mother, your sister, um, your daughter uh, died while they were serving, you are a Gold Star family member. You, lots of folks don't even know that that they are. I know that uh, uh, Jen Amos, who was the person who contacted me about her father, Alfonso, uh, was not aware that she was a Gold Star daughter until she started to do some research about her own dad. Uh, so, um, so yes, if, if it's an immediate family member uh, that has passed while they were serving, you are a Gold Star family member, and we would love to have you join us on, on our board. Uh, we, we can use volunteers for some other very specific things. Uh, we definitely need researchers because um, the, our first writer was actually a criminal investigator while he served in the Air Force. So he brought with him a lot of skills and a mindset that said, hey, we need to find out more. So when we sit down and do interviews with individuals that knew the fallen, they're going to give details about what they knew but they may not be thinking about or aware that it may make a difference in the story to talk about what was going on in that at that time in that environment um so an example would be this this book starts out with talking about what was going on uh, on the ship on the night that uh, alfonso uh, passed away uh where it was actually located why it was uh moving from one place to another what the state of the ocean was at the time and the weather that was uh happening there that's the kind of details that we need investigators uh or researchers rather to be able to help us with these other stories to be able to go and look at you know the cities and the schools and and the like to give uh, provide that additional depth of, of information that helps tell that story, but it can also uh, help us to identify people outside the family who may have known uh, the fallen so that we can do outreach in school. With schools, we can uh, do outreach to alumni uh, associations. Uh, we can maybe put some things out on social media uh, saying, hey, if you knew this person who was here at this time, uh, we'd love to talk with you about telling their story. So researchers are definitely needed. Uh, we definitely can make use of additional writers. Uh, book writing is not my, in my skill set. Yeah, I have a lot of experience writing military kinds of, of material that'll put you to sleep in five minutes. But that's not what we want people to, <laughs> to do. Um, so if you are a writer, uh, and or you think that you can be a writer. Well, we want somebody who can be able to take this information from all kinds of sources and tell that person's story truthfully, uh, honorably, um, in a way that that basically blends and melds all of the information together. Uh, we definitely need your help. Um, and we'll work out the details of uh, compensation later on. Uh, we're, we've worked out a, a, um, a, a royalty deal with a, with our writer who basically didn't expect that. He basically said, hey, I'm willing to, uh, to do this gratis. And uh, he poured five and a half months of his life into this. And, and we want to um, be able to reward him with hopefully lots of sales at the book. <laughs> 
As a business owner, it can be tiring paying cash for everything you need. Well, there's a better way. Introducing Trade Bank of Nashville. Our bartering service lets you exchange goods and services without the need for cash transactions. Trade Bank helps businesses like yours reduce expenses, bring in new business, and keep your cash where you need it most. Find out more and join our barter network today. Start getting what you need without paying cash because sometimes barter is just smarter. Apply today at nashville.tradebank.com. Right. And um, was I was I un correct in understanding that there might be some videos or some? Uh, yes. So a video edit, it might be. A, a video. Actually, what we really need is somebody who's been a filmmaker. Um, I have a couple of video editors that are extremely frustrated with me because like with our first story, we have over 44 hours worth of video uh, and no one, not, not even not even the family members involved really want to sit through 44 hours of unedited, unedited video. And when I've talked with my my volunteer video editors, they need more in the way of direction than I can realistically give them. And that's why what I've discovered is that I really need somebody who has a, uh, who's either been a filmmaker, maybe somebody who's in school to be a filmmaker uh, that can say, hey, I can take this on as a project. Uh, and yes, I can understand why we have to take and be able to, to sort and take this piece out of this interview and that piece out of that interview and maybe a slice out of the the uh, video that the Navy had during his memorial. And maybe we need to even bring in new material. I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that that I really need somebody who's got that kind of skill to do, because we really want to reach as wide of an audience as possible. And let's face it, we're all we're much more video centric uh, world than we are a bibliocentric world. Um, and so that we have that in mind from the very beginning and we have recorded every uh every interview that we've done and we will continue to do to do so until we have the people and resources to be able to produce the videos because i think i think what it gives you then is you've got like you said the books people i love to read uh but not everybody is reading a lot of them are driving in their cars and they're listening so i think it gives an opportunity for a podcast to be started with these mm -hmm. stories and broken up into into episodes i think it gives a video option as well so those are the sort of people you're looking to reach out i think you're doing some amazing stuff dennis and i i, I thank you for starting this organization i know it's an uphill battle to get the funds and get the people and keep all the parts and pieces working together and that's what nashville 2 is right. about right Nashville right. 2 is about bringing you on, uh, exposing your story to everybody that listens to this or, or sees the videos online and then offers to help because this is what makes up the community. It's you That's and true. I and the people mm -hmm. that we don't even know exist doing the stuff that they do for the community, whether that's a local community or a wider community. Uh, and this is one of the things I love about the USA so many people are willing to help others. Right. We've just got to know that they exist. <laughs> exactly. And how do we get their story out? So any other, we've got about three minutes left. The best way for people to reach out to you would probably be the website. Would that be correct? Yes, absolutely. Our website is priceoffreedomfoundation.org. Uh, you can email me at info at priceoffreedomfoundation.org. 
You can call me at 615-389-1867. All of those will come to me directly. we're not big enough yet for me to, to have a staff that, that right. answers phones for me. <laughs> yeah, I always it was funny because I, I called this guy the other day and he's got a new lawn care business. And it said, press one to talk to Steve, press two to walk, talk to the sales department, press three to talk to the <laughs> scheduling department. And I finally get through to him and I'm like, Steve, it's only you. Like, <laughs> what the heck, dude? He's like, yeah, but I- my business coach said to like plan for when it's. I, yeah, right. that's okay. But as the client, I want to get straight through to you. So like cut out right. that garbage and just let me get to you. So uh, right. I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> any last thoughts in the last couple of minutes that you want to share that we should be aware of? Uh, well, just, you know, we have Memorial Day coming up. I Honestly, I wish every day was a Memorial Day. Um, the If you have people that you know who are serving, uh, do more than just thank them for their service, have a conversation with them, have a, a cup of coffee or whatever, because every single person whoever puts the uniform on knows that at some point they may be asked to pay that price right. and, you know, help them to, to know that you really do appreciate that, yeah. you know, sincerely from the heart, not just, you know, uh, say, say something just because you don't know what else to say. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And be authentic to you. If you want to buy them lunch, buy them lunch. If you want to buy them right. a coffee, buy them a coffee. If all you've got is a couple of bucks, you know, do whatever you can do. Absolutely. Just, just be you. One of the things I like to do is I say Australian by birth, American by choice. I chose to be American. My my uh, grandfather served in World War II and was captured in, I think it was Crete or Sicily, and then went back to Germany as a prisoner of war. Uh, what he used to like to say is he got an actual script for drinking a pint of Guinness a day. He had lost so much weight being a prisoner of war that he had an actual prescription that said he should drink a pint of Guinness a day, um, which I, which he liked to talk about all the time. I think he wore that thing out before, uh, before the 1950s. Um, but he used to tell some great stories, you know, cause some people, it was too horrific to even talk about. Right. right. And for my grandfather, that was a bit that way, but he would tell the fun stories of around the camps and stuff and, um, and, and what hit the, the, the division or what, whatever company he was in. And he was like six foot four redhead, you know, tall dude, you know, you, you, he stuck out like a sore thumb. When I met him, of course, he's all white and he's got a long right. beard, plays Santa Claus at the local mall, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> But the stories to me were just amazing of what they went through. And he never got into the gory details. I mean, I'm 12, I'm 13, something like that. But just listening to him turn me from a kid that glorified war with the war movies and the war comics and and serving in the military thinking, oh, yeah, that's all great. It's no fun. It's not fun. It's no. not fun. And um, yeah, I, I would say too, since you brought that up, that uh, there's there's some great projects out there that uh, help to encourage people to to have that sort of conversation with uh, their living loved ones. Uh, the Veterans History Project uh, by the Library of Congress is one that pops to mind uh, right up front. Um, but that's 
it, it really it's having that, those kind of conversations and letting uh, letting them know that their story is important. It's important to you. It's important to the nation. Um, you know, so especially the World War II generation, which is almost all gone, right. uh, the Korean War, Vietnam War generations, when you have somebody like that in your life, please encourage them to tell their stories. Be, be, a, be an active listener uh, to that. Uh, if 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 they will give you permission to record the stories, please do so, because they're not going to be with us forever. Right, exactly. And we've all got recording devices on our phones, folks. That's yes, the one thing that my dad and I said we were always going to do was sit down and record some of his stories. Now, he didn't serve in the war, but uh, just the stories would have been sure. preserved. We weren't in the Internet age for a lot of my life with him or a lot of his life. And he died in 2014. We had ample opportunity and it didn't happen, you know, and that's one of the regrets that I have. So, so yeah, you definitely want to get those stories out there. Um, let's end on this. We talked about the hidden gems. So when you're talking about White House and Portland and that north side of Nashville uh, and those towns, what are some of the, what are some of the hidden gems around your area? Okay. Well, there's uh there's a little coffee shop and and creamery called Deja Mu that I, I love. Uh, they're they're relatively recent. Yeah, I've heard lots of good things. Um, there's uh, Tavern 76, which uh, is in a little shopping mall beside Kroger that has great food. I love going there for lunch and uh, dinner, even though they're called Tavern 76. It's like it's not really a tavern. So it's, it's a restaurant, you know, um, you know, they they. I used to sing karaoke, but I just don't have people to hang out with to uh, <laughs> to do that with. And I know they used to have karaoke nights there. Uh, there's uh, uh, EJ's restaurant is a great place for breakfast. I love that. Um, there's just the, the the actual the White House Chamber of Commerce is uh, is in the building. I think it was moved uh because of roads, et cetera. But it's a good place to go in because it's got a, a little museum and it gives you the history of why White House was named White House. And so I'm not going to tell you that story. Okay. I'm going to encourage you to come on up and go visit the, cool. <laughs> the Chamber I think of Commerce and Museum. Well, how many hidden gems? I think you've given me four or five hidden gems, but that's okay. We'll try and get it all in the show notes, folks. And whatever we don't get in the show notes, feel free to reach out to Dennis. And when you're helping him out and being a volunteer in some way, you can ask him those questions. How about that, Dennis? Would that work for you? Sounds great to me. Yeah. We'll, we'll we can have a, a conversation over coffee in one of these uh, these places or a meal. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for being on the show. And uh, as things progress, we'd love to have you come back and update us. We'll be happy to do so, Ed. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. This is the Nashville 2 Podcast with your host, Edward Fox.